Blog Talk Radio. Sabunia, Zanman here, along with my good buddy Jeff. And uh, I started to tell Jeff right before we started going on air that, yes, I, I am still alive because um, his girlfriend's mother gave me an, an evil eye that, you know, probably would have, like, like blown uh, the Empire State Building down or something. <laughs> you know, if it had been just, like, a little bit more deadly. Because um, I was walking by them, and I saw them together, and I said, oh, look, it's your mother-in-law. And uh, she didn't like that. No, she did not. <laughs> you know, I mean, I mean, just because you guys have only been dating for like four months now, I mean, I don't, I don't right. see what the big deal is. It's only been four months. <laughs> Sorry, I'm and, a little and, irritated tonight because I decided to look up the WrestleMania 35 card in order, and I don't like it. Why would you At do that all. to yourself? At all. What do, you mean, what do you mean in order? Well, it uh, posted the order, too. Order of what? The matches. They actually announced the order for WrestleMania this year? According to the site I'm on, this is the order of the matches. Have they ever done that before? Well, I think they've come close to uh, accuracy on these things. No, I'm just saying, has, has WWE actually announced the order? I don't think I've ever done that. Oh, I don't know. I have, I have no clue. I just looked up the order, and this is what came up. Regardless, it's a shitty card to begin with. Um, and if this yeah, is the order... So obviously it's a shitty card. There hasn't been a good one since 31. Yeah, and if this is the order, it's even shittier than I thought it was. So what's the opening match on the order? Uh, Lesnar versus Rollins. Yeah, right. And they have two uh, battle royals, the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal and a WrestleMania Women's Battle Royal. Well, last year those were both on the pre-show, so I would I would guess they'll be on the pre-show again this year. And Daniel Bryan is um, the cool-down match before the women's match. Right before the women's match is a Boston hug connection in a fatal four-way. Oh. So, either they're really... I, I, you said something earlier today about how you were looking forward to the big three. And, right. I mean, the only reason I said anything about the big well, no, three no, no, was... No. Well, no. Actually, what I said was that... 
if I hear that they're good, those are the three that I'll, that I'll care about watching. I think it's pretty much what I said. But I would, I would have to, but I'd have to get a spoiler free and get a decent match rating for all three of them because otherwise I have no, I have no interest in anything. Other. I mean, what am I going to really get fucking excited, excited about Baron Corbin versus Kurt Angle or even if John Cena shows up and it's John Cena versus Kurt Angle? Am I Probably not. About, am I going to get excited Wait. about Triple H versus Batista for the eight thousandth time? You're going to have to stall for a little bit because I have to deal with uh, a child. Am I going to get excited about? Um, Shane McMahon versus The Miz, or Finn Balor versus Bobby Lashley? Uh, no, none of those. Um, you know, WrestleMania is supposed to be the biggest show of the year, and they constantly put people on there that are washed up or never worse, and this, it's no longer a super card like it used to be. Um, WrestleMania, to me, these days is only important because of what springs up all around it. Because you have all these indie shows that um, wouldn't exist at all, possibly, or at least wouldn't all be happening during that same time frame to cause a lot of excitement around around the business. I mean, it's basically like um, I mean, it's 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 basically like a wrestling festival, like a wrestling Mardi Gras um, when WWE rolls into town for WrestleMania. You know, DDT's at running a show. Um, Dragon Gate was going to run a show, but they couldn't get visas cleared. Um, CZW is running a show. I think it's actually CZW against um, Wrestle Pro or something like that. Um, there's um, um, Rev Pro's running a show. There's WrestleCon. Um, there's Impact is running a show. Um, you know, and there's there's the Pancakes and Pile Driver show again. By, by WWN for the third year in a row. There's Joey, there's a Joey Janela's spring break. There's Joey Ryan's penis party. Um, I mean, there's just so much stuff happening in, um, in New York all, to, all in that same week because um, WrestleMania is coming to town. And not to mention the fact that, um, you know, for the first time in almost 60 years, the show that I'm excited about is running on Saturday night with, with when ring of honor and new Japan take over, take over Madison square garden. And like the first time I, I started saying the first time in almost 60 years that, that another company has run Madison square garden than WWE. So, I mean, while I'm not excited about WrestleMania and I, and I don't even plan to watch it um, for the first time in years and years. Um, I mean, to me, it's uh WrestleCon on Thursday takeover on, uh, which I wanted to talk to you a little about, about Jeff, uh, and then take over on Friday, Supercard, G1 Supercard on Saturday, and then the Hall of Fame I'm going to watch on Sunday. Um, Wrestle, WrestleMania is the catalyst for all this, but it's still, in my opinion, an aberration, or, and you know, it's, it's abhorrent what they've turned it into. And I think he's still not back. So um, WrestleCon coming up, it looks, it looks interesting. It's going to be on Thursday, and I'm actually getting my two bottom wisdom teeth pulled on Thursday, so I'm not sure um, what kind of shape I'm going to be in. But I'm either going to watch it on Thursday or I'm going to watch it on, um, on Friday because my, my wife will be with me on Thursday, and then she has to go back to work on Friday because she's supposed to watch over me for 24 hours after my surgery. Um, but there's some interesting matches that are, that are scheduled for that show. 
Um, they announced actually four, but I've only seen two on the website right now. So there's Dragon Lee versus Cabernario, Cabernario um, which I think is going to be an amazing match. And then also Bandito taking on Will Ospreay. I had seen that Zack Sabre Jr. was going to be facing off against Shane Strickland, but that's no longer um, – well, that's not listed on the website anymore. Jushin Thunder Weiger is going to be there. Uh, Phoenix and Penta will be there. Masato Tanaka is going to be there. Yeah, it's just It's got quite a lineup going on for it. And they're promising a lot of surprises as well. I believe it's supposed to be a nine-match card, and they've only announced four of the matches so far. The three I mentioned, and there was one more I can't think about off the top of my head right now. But, I, you know, it's, it's only got $15 for that show, and it's certainly worth it. Um, I think there's also, like, a package that includes all of the WrestleCon stuff, along with the G1 Supercard, uh, the Impact show, the Pancakes and Pile Drivers one, and, like, six or seven more for, like, 120 bucks. So, I mean, definitely you can get your money's worth, I think, with that package. I'm just, I just personally don't know that I'd have time to watch all of that pro wrestling. So I'm probably going to get WrestleCon, and, and, you know, maybe I might want to watch the Pancakes and Pile Drivers thing eventually. But, I mean, I, I, I think I kind of feel like um, although $120 to watch all of it is a good price, but I really don't have $120 to shell out right now. So, I mean, if I, there's more that I want to see, I can always just kind of pay for it piecemeal down the road because it's all going to be available on demand anyway. Well, and YouTube, 90% of it will be on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and especially like the Impact one, like, like you and I had talked about watching that possibly, but I'm sure it'll show up on, 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 w, on uh, GWN before too long, you know? More than likely. Yeah, and, and really there's only a couple of matches on there that I – I mean, like I, I want to see the Lucha Brothers versus Sabu and RBD just because I want to see what a, how much of a mess it is. You know, it's not that I think it's going to be good. I just kind of want to see how much of a mess it is, and I kind of want to see RBD and Sabu together again. But I'm, after, but I'm not going to buy the show. After seeing what they did against um, the Hurt Foundation, I'm not sure that I want to see another bad match out of them. I, I mean, it's just me. After they did what? After the de- debacle they had against the Hurt Foundation. RBD and Sabu? No, Lucha Brothers. Oh, okay. I did. I didn't. I thought maybe I. I just hadn't gotten caught up enough to see the the piece of the Heart Foundation too. Oh no, no. I, I'm. The, I, you saw the match too. It was again on Super Fight. Just yeah, that was, was that was. Well, see, the, the thing is that you know I I can't really put that down to the Lucha Brothers being in a match simply because I just don't think that Teddy Hart and and Pentagon have any chemistry. You know, and and I and when you have two tag teams where. <laughs> The two main guys on the team do not have any chemistry. That really is going to bring a match down severely. Well, and if you if you think about it, when you look back at you know matches that you thought should have been great because of the people that are in them, if they don't have chemistry together, the match sucks. I mean, you can look at uh, Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt. That was one of the worst matches I've seen ever out of both of them. And have it going to be a great match? I thought it was considering who was involved. I thought it was going to be a whole hell of a lot better than it was. Well, you have a lot more faith in Randy Wharton than I do. Hey, he's, yeah, okay. <laughs> Just move on. <laughs> Moving on. Um, so, did, did you hear? Did you hear the other matches I said were gonna, on this card, Jeff, on the WrestleCon uh, card? No. Well, the only one that I had any interest in was the uh, Lucha Brothers versus RVD and Sabu. But no, no, no. Uh, you're talking about the Impact card. I'm talking about the WrestleCon card the same night. Oh no, I haven't heard that then. 
Okay, so so they've only announced four matches so far, one of which I can't find right now, but I know it was ben, it's Bandito versus Will Ospreay, um, Dragon Lee versus Cavanario, Zack Sabre Jr. versus um, Shane Strickland, and then there was a fourth one, but the Lucha Brothers are on the card, Jushin Liger's on the card, Masato Tanaka's on the card, um, so I mean, I think, and Puma King is on the card, so I mean, I think it's going to be an awesome show, and it's only like it's only like fifteen bucks on Thursday night. Can Puma King wrestle anymore? Well, he's on the card. Who am yeah, I, I thinking of then? Isn't wasn't Puma King Ricochet? Uh, that was Prince Puma. Oh, okay. I don't, right. I'm not exactly sure who Puma King is. All right. Unless you unless he was already booked for that show before he got signed. Like two years ago. Well, you t- you're told you told me the other day Adam Cole was signed for two and a half years since he since his contract, didn't you? Were, were we talking about that last week that Adam Cole already had so had shows, or was it or was that Champa? One of the two already had shows they were supposed to show up on. You get you had told me last week. I don't remember. I honestly don't. <sighs> it's, like, it's, like, it's like talking to a brick wall sometimes. <laughs> so, or you just need a notepad. <laughs> but Bandito versus. Uh, Rick is, or Bandito versus Osprey is pretty cool. Yeah, that's something I'm looking forward to. Yeah, I mean, if it's the it, if it's the old Osprey, if don't it's the new Os- old Osprey, bullshit. if it's the new Osprey, I don't think it'll be as good. If it's the better Osprey, you're yeah. If it's the better Osprey, he'll have worse match than the old Osprey. I agree. Oh, I'm not. I'm not denying. I'm not denying that he's. Um, better now with his ring psychology and everything. I mean, he used to just go out there and hit high spots. Now he's actually putting in psychology into his matches. I think he's a much better performer now than he was, you know, a year and a half ago. The difference is when you're putting him up against a guy like Bandito, I don't want to see new Will Ospreay against Bandito. I want to see old Will Ospreay against Bandito. I want to see this high-flying, death-defying uh, spot fest. Not well, here's, here's the thing with that. If he does that and he gets hurt, he's going to he's going to mess up one of the one of the major matches at um, Burkhard. So you know, I, well, I don't no. know that I, I really want to see that. I'm not disagreeing that that would be a problem, but I'm you know, it, it's like maybe he should have went in against somebody a little more, a little less high flying. I'm not looking as forward to it as I would have been had we gotten the Will Ospreay from a year and a half ago. I guess that's what I'm saying. Yeah, and I and I disagree with you. Oh yeah, I mean you will. Well, yeah. When you're wrong, I'm going to disagree with you. Well, I, I'm not saying you shouldn't. And when you're rarely, rarely right, I'm almost always going to disagree with you. You're just going to disagree with me, and it's just that plain and simple. Indeed. Anyway, <laughs> what else was happening that weekend? Have you been watching Being the Elite lately? I just watched, well, I watched half of the newest one today. Okay. I just have not been into it whatsoever lately. I think it's, it's just been awful. It's got a different feel now than it used to because the only real storyline that's going on is the whole Michael Nakazawa thing. And uh, Cody and um, MJF. Outside of that, there's not a real story that's happening. It's basically just more of all elite and what all elite is doing than anything. It's 
not been as good. I will agree. Well, and the fact that I hate the Michael Nakazawa thing is probably another thing about you know why I'm, why I'm hating it so much. It just, oh, it's just ridiculous to me. It's funny at times. It is not. It's stupid. It's fucking ridiculous. Did you watch the latest one? I did. I mean, I mean, but but who the hell goes on? Who the hell signs a wrestler and then and then you know ridicules him immediately? Well, first of especially all, because somebody, especially, especially somebody who have no idea who the fuck he is. Because he's coming I mean, in. I mean, and... should, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, they should be hyping the guy up, not making him seem like a complete joke. But he is a I'm, complete I'm gonna be, joke. I'm, That's I'm, the I'm, thing. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna, we don't know that. We've never seen him. We're not gonna. And, and you know what? By the time that this that he comes in, I'm gonna hate him already because he's he's getting this kind of. Um, I don't know. He's, first of all, he's getting overexposed, while at the same time he's getting um, made fun of every week. You he's know, being built up to be a jobber, is what he is. Well, you don't build, you don't build up jobbers that way. Then, then there should be wasting time on him, right? I, see, I don't have as big a problem as you do with it. I think the SoCal uncensored bit this on this last uh, being the elite was phenomenal. It, it made Why? me laugh. It was just I, stupid. All they did was stand there saying this fucking name. But it made me laugh, and that's what now. All they can say, all they can fucking say, is Michael Nakazawa. Okay, it made you laugh. Why did it make you laugh? What was funny about it? Because it's a continuation of Matt having his little issues where all, all he can hear is Matt uh, is Michael Nakazawa. The last three or four episodes, he's got he walked into a room with Kenny Omega and and uh, now I want to call him Jeff, but Nick. Uh, and all they said was Michael Nakazawa. That's that's what is in Matt's head and what he's feeling and what he's thinking. So it, it's kind of a continuation of that, albeit stupid storyline, but it's one that at least they're putting their their <clears throat> I don't know apples behind, and they're they're, they're running with it. I I don't know. I'm struggling for words right now. <laughs> it's really smart. Yeah, right. Wait, okay, I, so so I'm so I'm supposed to be endorsing the fact that they're putting the that they're putting behind. Oh, actually, you're endorsing the fact that they're putting their creative genius behind a stupid storyline. I guess I don't know. I don't know. I mean, what other creative genius are they going to do? Are they going to continue this Joey Ryan getting beat down skit? I mean, we haven't had a Joey Janela and his off season skit in a while. It's basically MJF and Michael Nakazawa now. And the MJF stuff is good. The Michael Zagwa stuff is shit. I don't know I mean, about I the George, M- I, I mean, I agree, George. You know, it should be on there. But, I mean, and you know, I, I think it's great that we get to see more of MJF showing, showing his character. But, but, again, I have to say, what is this doing for Michael Nakazawa? We still have no idea what his character is, what he's going to be like, you know, why they even signed the fucker. So, I mean, to, to me, it's, it's just bullshit. But if you think about it, they did the same thing to Flip for years in Ring of Honor. For years they ran this, uh, the Flip, where are you going episode? Where do you think you're going? Skip. And it, it worked in his favor because his talent was there. Maybe Michael Zawa is that well, talented. Maybe wait, he's wait, not. Wait, 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 wait. But they showed Skip on, on every one of the episodes. They, did, they didn't like have him be uh, a non-existent... Um, caricature. I guess Michael Nakazawa is one of Kenny Omega's friends from back in the day. They used to wrestle when I, they were in Dragon Gate together or something like that. 
I don't care. I it but I don't know. I I find it funny at times, annoying at other times. I think it's overdone, but then this SCU skit really kind of brought it home. I enjoyed the SCU skit. No, it didn't. Oh, the other match. The other match that was announced was Eddie Kingston versus Masato Tanaka. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I don't know what else to say to that. Okay. And, uh, yeah, so anyway, I'm, I'm just, I mean, being the weed is just really, um, I feel like it's a waste of time right now trying to watch that, trying to watch that mess. See, and I enjoyed it. I like the whole um, uh, Cody doing his dusty speech. To oh, is that what MJ- that was? Yeah, to MJF. And then... Uh, I, I personally, I like the Michael Nakazawa stuff. Um, outside of that, and I kind of like the um, Brandy Rhodes Alley stuff too. I don't know why, but that I, that stuff I kind of liked as well. Yeah, that's yeah. I like the, I like the, the Brandy Alley stuff, but um, yeah, I, did, I didn't under, I didn't understand the Cody's speech to MJF. I really didn't. I didn't. Yeah, I guess was, I didn't get that Cody. Had, that Cody had said that speech, or that Dusty had said that speech to somebody before. It, Dusty said that speech to Cody. That's the the whole gist of it. Is he? It was like he was talking to his son. And, and, and how did we know that? I think you just had to read the innuendos. To be honest. Okay. The big thing that came out of this, though, is they announced another all elite show, that CE two or whatever. And? Well, now we have another show that we know about. A couple weeks, it happened a couple weeks before uh, um, Free for Earth. Yeah. Yeah, so, and one of the matches on there is Michael Nakazawa against some nobody that's only wrestled one match before. Woo fucking who? <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't have an issue with it. Yeah, I, I, I think I think I, I, of course you don't have an issue with it because you think everything that the I mean I love the elite too but I mean you think everything that they do is gold and it's just not. Oh no, uh, I've had my issues what especially they're, what they're, with Kenny. What they're, what they're doing right now, what they're doing right now is just shit. It's absolute shit. I have my issues with the elite, especially with Kenny, but I I, I don't know I don't have a, I don't have a huge problem with what's happening right now. There's not there's absolutely nothing that they're doing on being the elite right now that is going to that has any chance of getting me excited for um for double or nothing and isn't it is isn't that the point of these shows right now? I guess yes and no. I mean there's nothing that they can really do at this point other than announce matches that's going to get anybody excited for double or nothing. No one thinks the star storyline is going, and they really haven't. I mean, I mean, what storyline? Well, for their matches, for instance. I mean, I mean, right. they have. I mean, I mean, granted, they've done they've done the Young Bucks against against um, Butcher Brothers, but right. what other match have they really done anything for? I mean, they've done the stupid um, the stupid uh, full gear challenge for 
Hangman Page versus Pac, which has nothing to do with Pac. Well, yeah, they, but they've had uh, they've had they've had Jericho starting a feud with Cody when he's not the one that when Cody isn't the one that he's wrestling. At um, no, that's been on night. That's been on Nightmare Family. Not on being the elite. Still, but still, that's I mean, not. They're still, they're still it's not, not really the doing... same. It's not the same. You it's can't. The... You can't. I mean, because Kenny did go out of his way to talk about Jericho on being the elite this time, and he did say that. How is Jericho going to do when it's not a falls count anywhere weapons used match? I did not hear him say that on being the elite. But you can't, I mean, you can't bring up the whole Cody thing when it's, that's happening on a whole nother show. Sure I can. Well, yes. Because we're talking about, because we're we're talking about how they're, that you said there's nothing they can do to, to promote double or nothing. And that there's no storylines. And I'm saying that they are talking about storylines, but storylines that have nothing to do with Double or Nothing. Oh, I thought we were still talking about just being the elite. I didn't realize we were talking about all of it. You asked, what can, you asked, what are they, when I said they're not doing anything to promote Double or Nothing, you said, what can they promote? So I started talking about that. Well, I meant, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry that went over your head, but I mean, I I didn't think it was that big of a feat to talk about, you know. What more is there? How about every fucking show? How about every it, fucking show on the show? It's on the sold, show. It's sold out. We know the matches. Pay-per-view buys are still going to yes. be there because of the top four matches. What do we they need? Why the do matches. they need to sell? Why do they need to sell Young Bucks versus Lucha Brothers any more than they have? Why do they need to sell Pac versus Age any more than they wait, have? How, how, how do you know it's, the pay-per-view is going to sell? We talked about last week how. Their momentum is dying down. They're not doing anything to keep the momentum going. If no, you and I not, were not, if you and I were not watching Being the Elite and and The Road to Double or Nothing, we would have no we would have no idea what's going on. We wouldn't, you know, we wouldn't care about. We might even forget about Double or Nothing. They're not doing anything to promote the show. Is what is my point. And and they haven't even, they haven't even announced they haven't announced that, you know if it's going to be on pay per view. They haven't announced the price of it on pay per view if it's going to be on there. They haven't announced how we're going to be able to watch it. They haven't announced more than just those four matches for it. And they're not doing anything to build towards those matches. So while, yes, they might be great wrestling matches, there's not going to be heat behind them because they're not building towards it. And they still have a month and a half to go, almost two months. Okay. Yeah, and, but what is our big and, and, point about WWE? And is what else is going on in the wrestling world right now? In advance. Why, why, don't we want it, why don't we want it to be a longer build than fucking WWE gives us? What else is going on in the wrestling world right now? Nothing with the elite. That doesn't That's matter. What else is going on in the wrestling world? WrestleMania. This is WrestleMania season, and then we're throwing a G1 Supercard in the middle of WrestleMania weekend. All eyes yeah. are on. All eyes are on WWE right now. Nobody cares about the elite. Nobody cares about AEW right now. All the eyes are on WWE. So if they were to go out and spend all kinds of time promoting something that's going to happen two months from now, how are they getting anything accomplished? The best time for them to start really promoting double or nothing for pay-per-view buys is in two weeks when the WWE fandom has worn down and people realize it's still garbage, but they still have a hankering for wrestling because they got a great Build up to WrestleMania and the G1 Supercar. Okay, so your your idea, so your idea is for them to book to to build things just like WWE does, only a three weeks or a month in advance. So so there's no there's really no really no story to it. They've already built. 
that they've already started building storylines towards it. They have not. That's my for, point. For their top four matches. Okay, what's the storyline for um, Pac versus Hangman Page? That both of them want to be uh, the uh, AEW inaugural championship champion. Yes, yes, that's a statement. Where's the story? How are you going to build a story for a guy who's signed to another company when you don't have a TV show? They're going to bring Pac on the. They every have a TV show. It's on YouTube. That's, that's not a TV point. show. It is. That, no, it's not. It's on my TV all the fucking time. No, it's not. That's it's not a TV it's show. It's as much a TV show as fucking Daredevil is. It's eight minutes long. They don't have an hour and a half to bring in every single person every single week. They're built. Can't you see that they're building towards an MJF versus Cody match? No, because Cody's facing a mystery opponent. If yeah, they have that and, match, it's going to be a fight for the fallen. And who is uh, MJF facing? Probably Joey Janela. Probably. You don't know. The whole storyline that's going that's on. That's my point. We don't fucking know yet. It's less, but it's if you, two months away. If you would pay attention to being the elite, you would see that Cody and MJF are looking for a face-off at some point. I am paying attention to it. We paying attention to it is why I fucking think it's think it sucks right now. But you're not catching it. You're not catching the Cody MJF thing. No, a, I am. Like I even thought about that today, but I'm like but I'm like, why would they why would they be calling it a mystery opponent if it was gonna be MJF? And why would Brandy act like she was worried about it if it's gonna be MJF? And why would Cody and MJF be working out if it was gonna be MJF? None of that makes any sense. It, I don't think he's going to be facing MJF at the pay-per-view. MJF might cost him the match. MJF might attack him and break his knee again at the pay-per-view. But he's not going to face MJF at double or nothing. And who's he going to face? Then who's MJF going to face? Whoever the mystery opponent is. And where's MJF going to go? I don't know. Exactly. We don't know. Why would they be calling it a mystery opponent if it was MJF? We already know MJF has signed. So? That doesn't mean anything. Would you be working out of the gym with your mystery opponent? How many, t- how many times have we seen mystery opponents in other promotions and it ends up being some guy that was this guy's friend a week or so ago? It just it happens that way. And they've been building dissension between Cody and MJF for the last three or four weeks on being the elite. And it finally hit ahead last week when MJF was bad-mouthing him. And then he... Conf- uh, you know, Cody confronted him as the spirit of Dusty today or on the latest episode. I, I realize all that. They're still not going to be facing each other at double or nothing. Possibly. Maybe they will. Maybe they won't. It's a mystery no, opponent. We don't know. We know it's not them. How? Any, anyway, I just got done telling you. Because he's under contract? <laughs> No, because because they're working out, and they've already been and they've already been talking and stuff about this. They've all, there's they, they wouldn't have been they wouldn't have said there's a mystery opponent, and they wouldn't be talking. And then MGF wouldn't say wouldn't have said I wouldn't do it if if he was going to be the mystery opponent. It wouldn't make any sense. According to being the elite, when have they worked out together? There's two separate shows, Jeff. Two separate shows. We're out, talking about being the they elite. 
No, we're talking about both because we're talking no, we, about building a core suborder. But if you think if you've said it before, being the elite is a storyline driven program. The road to double or nothing. Not that's anymore, a com- that's a complete different type of story. We've talked about it on the show about how MJF is this complete douchebag on being the elite, but then when you look at him on uh, on the other show, the road to double or nothing, he's a completely different guy. He's sincere. He's talking about his friendship with Cody and so on. They're two completely right. different shows. They can't be taken completely. They can't be taken together. But the mystery opponent has been being built up on double or nothing, not on being the elite. I don't think they've even mentioned the mystery opponent on being the elite yet. I don't know. I, I think there's a possibility it could be MJF. I mean, that's just my... Yeah, you've already said my... and, and, and you're wrong. We'll see. I think you're missing... And my the... point remains... And my point remains that they should be building longer-term stories than just have, than just throwing it all together with like a month to go. And in eight minutes, they really can't build a long-term story count more than just one person at a time. If you look at the pay- okay, and okay, yes, I agree with that. But what is keep what is making them stick to eight minutes? Nothing. They could be filming. The, they could do as long episodes as they want to do. Nick is doing this on his phone, and they're trying to keep it so that people can watch it in a short span and not dedicate an hour to it. They're not, what, you, wait, 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 wait. What evidence do we have that, be, that, um, double, that double, the Road to Double or Nothing is being filmed on Nick's phone? The Road to Double or Nothing isn't. Well, being, being the weed is, is between like 16 and 25 minutes, not 8 minutes. This last episode was 18 Okay, there you go. As I said, between 15 The episode and before this was like 14. Then there was a 10-minute episode not that long. Regardless, when you've only got 20 minutes, you're not going to build, and you're getting as many people in as you can, you're not going to build big-time storylines. They did for all in. Not really. You're they living in some kind of fantasy world, dude. In for all in, what did they have? They had the Joey uh, Joey Ryan uh, death angle that was just a thirty second spot at the end of Joey Janela versus Adam Page. The they had the um, little behind the scene stuff that explained why Jay Lethal was coming out as Black Machismo, and that they was skip, they had the they had, they had the skip storyline. They had the flip. Yeah, they had the flip storyline, yeah, yeah, but, story but that had nothing to do with anything except for the Battle Royal. Which was still part of All In. Right. So three out of seven matches, they had storylines that were developed on being the elite. Well, didn't they also do that with, with uh, Christopher Daniels and um, Not Stephen really. Amell as well? That was, that was more on the road to being the elite, where they talked about Stephen Amell being uh, Cody's friend. But there was really not a whole lot of um, stuff done between them, except for maybe like five or six, maybe seven episodes before the pay per view. They might have had a run in, but okay. nothing, so, nothing notable. All right, so so I think we're, I think I think you and I are approaching this from different perspectives. I, you're looking at them as a super indie, which is basically they just throw a bunch of great matches to them as a professional wrestling promotion 
who are going to put together storylines and and have those storylines build to great matches rather than just throwing great matches together. I and mean, what, if, if they just want to be a big super indie, great. But I mean, then they're not they're, they're not going to get the kind of following that they're looking for, and they're not going to be the kind of organization that I that I, that, that I get the impression that Cody is trying to make them into. If that, and, if that if they're not going to tell any stories, that's what it's going to be like. And you and I have talked about that last week about how without a TV show, they are lose going to lose momentum, and that's what's happening is they don't have the platform to do these long-standing uh, feuds. They don't have NXT's platform. And Ring of Honor, I mean, throw them out the window because half of their cards happen before the storylines even materialize on their TV shows. You know, outside of New Japan, is there really a promotion, New Japan and maybe NXT? Is there really a promotion out there that, that builds up storylines for months and months at a time to have their payoff at the pay-per-view when nobody's seen anything? Impact us. No, I guess you're right. Impact us too. But it, Ring of Honor of Ring of Honor is three, four weeks behind on their TV. You know, by the time they well, get Well, right, to... but I mean... Right, I mean, as, as Honor Club members... Watching the TV doesn't, you know, doesn't really um, help us at all. It actually, it actually kind of hurts our fandom, in my opinion. So I which stopped watching lot, it. But, which is a lot of the but, reason but, why I stopped watching the weekly TV too, because it, it just, by the time I see a pay per view for Ring of Honor, I still have three to four weeks of the story to watch after the pay per view if I'm watching Ring of Honor TV. Well, no, not the pay per view. After the, not the pay per view, but their, but their house shows. That they that they show on there the specials that you know honor club members can watch. Um, those are those are what really they, where they talk about the stories that are happening. I think they do a pretty good job of doing it before the pay per view. The problem is that we get more content than just the pay per view and the TV. Um, so it really doesn't really pay for us to watch the TV shows. No. Well, yeah, and, and that's what I was that's what I was getting at. It's like how long did we wait after uh, Juice comes out and announces this whole Lifeblood thing before Lifeblood actually showed up on Ring of Honor TV? It was like a month and a half. You got it. Right. One no, I, I totally agree with that. But I'm, I'm just saying that my my point is simply that yes, they do not have a TV show, but they could use YouTube to film a TV show just like Defiant does. You know. They could, but where's the money in it? That's why w, uh, what culture pro wrestling went under is because they couldn't just do it off of a TV show. They couldn't pay the Defiant talent. They, Defiant's not doing it just off a TV show. They've got other things going on. They've also got a TV contract. The YouTube show is just one of their many mediums that they have. And they, they stuck with contract? it. They have, I can't, there was something that came up not too long ago about how they have some kind of contract in the United Kingdom. Plus they have their pay-per-view buys and what culture never had the pay-per-view buys. Okay. Fair enough. I guess we'll, I guess we'll agree to disagree. My, my point is simply that they're not that, you know, I don't want them to be, I don't want them to be a super indie. So I want them to have stories going into their matches and, and not just they, one or two matches, but the entire card. And they do. I mean, they have some stories going in. The the Jericho um, Omega story is basically about respect and how 
uh, Omega has come out and said things on being the elite about how Jericho wants him to thank him for giving him a, a company and all this crap after he beats him. In this last being the elite, they actually talked about how he didn't, um, how he didn't, uh, you know, how he's not going to beat him unless it's a, a hardcore match or a false count anywhere match. You know, they've they've done the last three or four, maybe five weeks build up of the Lucha Brothers versus Young Bucks. Cody doesn't have an officially named opponent, which is why I think that it's leaning more towards. Um, MJF, because if you watch the story, that's kind of where it's going. And then you can't really have, uh, it, it sounds like from what I heard is that Joey Janela is going to be going up against Sammy Guevara. Well, Sammy Guevara is not under contract with them. Well, he is, but he's not. He's still doing his AAA stuff. You've also got the um, SCU who's got their match against the OEW wrestlers or OWE wrestlers. So it's kind of hard for that storyline to increase. I mean, well, yeah, are... well, I mean, that one that one to me is more, more like an exhibition. So that one I would certainly I can certainly understand them not having a storyline for. But you know, what I mean, the women's to me the women's match they should have a storyline for. Um, the Lucha... Which women's match have they even announced one yet? Yeah, there's a triple threat, isn't there? Oh, I don't know. I I haven't seen an announcement for a women's match yet. I just see them bringing that... in talent after talent. I thought I saw there was a triple threat that was announced. Let me it list. could be. It could be. I want to see if there's, an, a card, if there's a card yet listed for it. Obviously, there's not going to be a total card listed for it, but let's see if there's a women's match listed on the current card. Come on. Yeah, it's Rip Baker versus Nyla Rose versus Kylie Ray. So that's the women's match they've announced so far. Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. I was just absorbing. Okay. I don't know. I just, I think that we can't fault them for not having storylines when they don't have a channel. That, that's just the way that I'm feeling. All right. Well, you don't have to fault me if you want, if you don't want to. But I certainly feel like I I can, and uh, you know I'll try not to harp on it. But I mean, I just I just really think that I don't want another organization that's only going to be putting one you know one month of storylines together. You know, I I love the long term long form, and to me that's why wrestling was so much better, um, at least in WWF and WCW back in the day when they were only doing like four or five pay per views a year and they were actually building the things. So, um, the other thing I wanted to mention before we talk about our, our main topics is that, uh, and, I, and I know I texted you about it, but I just want to also bring it up on the air, that I really enjoyed, um, well, I really saw a lot in one of the guys on Impact when I watched their, um, their episode that was right after um, Bound for Glory. Um, Zachary Wentz. Um, just really impressed me. He, he, he has such enthusiasm. He was so great at selling. He's got such great moves. And honestly, with his look and um, his attitude, he reminded me a lot of a young CM Punk. So I really think he's, I really think he's a guy that, you know, a guy to watch. And I hope his ceiling doesn't get capped there. 
like a CM Punk did. Maybe with Impact it won't, but if you look at Impact, they kind of favor the Giants too. I don't know about that. I mean, I mean, their world champions lately have been, um, you know, Austin Aries, Pentagon. Yeah, and, Pentagon. Pentagon's a giant. And uh, Johnny Impact. And Johnny Impact is one of those guys that's built like a champion. I agree that Austin Aries does. When you first look at him, he looks more like a uh, cruiserweight than a champion. But he also has been a impact champion in the past so it was believable that he could come in and do it again plus he's just insanely talented in the ring i just hope that they they give this guy his his due and they drive him up the card like they should and not pull the aj styles with the stop start um booking that they used to do yeah i mean i I can see him i can see him moving up the ranks kind of like um, like Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels did back in the day, where basically, you know, where he, he and his partner, you know, could be tag team champions, and then he might win the, you know, the X division title, and then the TV title, or whatever. They, no, they don't have the TV title anymore, do they? So, so the X title, and then you know, eventually winning the the world championship. Yeah, I could see that happening. I, I he's a guy to keep an eye on. Hopefully, he continues to evolve. Um, I just I hope they they treat him the way that he should be treated. Yeah, me too. And bring him I mean, up the right way. Yeah, I, I do want to stress, and I'm, I'm saying all this off of one match, but I just to me, he, to me, he had it from the from the very start. So in the first match I saw, I thought that too. I wanted to see a couple more matches out of him because, okay. you know, I, I fell for that with um, Walter, and at this point, I'm not really sure about Walter. Okay. All I've seen him in this squash matches. I haven't seen him go up against anybody that's been any any kind of challenge. It's part of the reason I'm looking really forward to this Pete Dunn versus Walter match this weekend because I want to see him go up against somebody who's actually could kick his ass, not somebody who's a um, 300 pound weighs 300 pounds less than him. Right. You know, and that I, that's one thing that's really what's got me sold probably the most on this. I mean, you know, I I I, I know we're getting to this preview, but Gargano Cole. And Don Walter, that's probably the end of my interest in this uh, in this pay per view. Really? Yeah. Because I, th- I think it looks like a great card, personally. I hate Bianca Belair so much. I I, I can't even handle watching that match. Um, and plus, Lo Shirai. Oh, that, that's just ridiculous. And Lo Shirai is another one that just it's she Eo, is It's Eo. It's Whatever it is, Shirai and Belair, if this was Baszler against Kyrie Sane again, I'd watch that to no end. But when they throw in these other two, I just, I have no interest in it. I, do, I and, really don't understand your hatred for Bianca Belair. I think, she's, I think she's amazing. She might be amazing in the ring. I just get annoyed by everything that she does outside of the ring. The fact that she's still doing this undefeated chant and her fucking hair and everything about her, I can't stand. Yeah, you're just mad you can't you can't kiss her and all those little lips that she has all over her body. Jesus Christ, no. That's disgusting. <laughs> she looks like a man, first of all. Sorry, I didn't want to go that route. Yeah, that was just rude. I know, and I didn't want to go there. And... 
you know, I, I, I like pretty much everybody in this match, but, but I mean, Shayna Baszler's, you know, it's my all-time favorite female wrestler. So, yeah, and Shayna Baszler's a badass too. She is. She, she really is. Yeah. It's gonna, be, it's gonna be sad to see her lose the championship again, but you know. Yeah, it is because I don't think she should. I think she should walk in and dominate this match like she's done last month on NXT TV. Definitely. Are we actually in our review of this show? Or are we going to take a break before we do this? Do we have any other thing we need to spout off about? Should we get into another argument? Let's argue about NWA TV now. NWA TV? Yeah, the fact that there isn't any. Let's argue. No. Come on, it was fun. <laughs> no, let's talk about the show, and then we'll go to, we'll take a break before we talk about G1 Supercard. All right, sounds good. Um, but actually, you know what? Speaking of, of, uh, of shows to... Of, uh, you, you mentioned NWA, and that kind of led me to something that I, I thought I was talking to you about on, on air, but then I thought, well, I mean, off air, but hey, since you brought up NWA, I'll just bring it up now, because it, it makes me think about WCW, and I was wondering, um, you're going to kill me for such even suggesting this, <laughs> but I've been enjoying the 83 weeks with Eric Bischoff so much, and like listening to them talk about the shows, and I'm wondering if we should do our own like 83 weeks thing, where we're, where we're like, we watch each week of Nitro, and uh, their pay-per-views, or maybe even watch Nitro Raw and Raw, and then the pay-per-views to kind of like rate like who was winning, who we thought was buddy that wore each each week. Oh shit, I'm in. I've already started watching WCW from uh, Bashit Beach because of 83 weeks and stuff oh, cool. that he said, stuff that he said in his uh, NW creation of the NWO thing, talking about Kel- Kevin Sullivan and his match against Benoit, which. When I thought back about watching that pay-per-view live, I remember that match being the best on the card, mm-hmm. the Benoit versus Kevin, Kevin Sullivan. But then when you hear his 83 weeks thing and them talking about how Kevin, uh, Kevin Sullivan was on the hot seat because he put on this horrible match and everything, it just it didn't sit well with me. So I'm actually, I started watching the first two matches of um, that uh, Bash at the, was it Bash at the Beach or what? What was it? Clash when, of Champions. Which one? When NWA right, formed? In, no, in May, right before Scott Hall made his appearance. Um, I think it was a Clash of the Champions. I so I started watching the first two first two matches of that last night. Okay. So I, I'm all in on doing something like that. I don't know how we're going to squeeze it in with all the other wrestling we have, plus podcasts and everything else. But well, that's, what I, that's what I meant. Is that's why I thought you'd kill me. <laughs> no, I, I'm, all, I'm all in on it. I've actually gotten pumped up again for it by listening to this 83 weeks. Yeah, so maybe we should – but I'm thinking maybe we should start at Bash of the Beach because that's you know, when the NWA actually, NWA actually like came fully together and stuff. But if you listen to 83 Weeks and his talk about the creation of the NWO, it really starts with the stuff leading up to Bash at the Beach. That the whole Scott Hall interruption, then Kevin Nash coming out and power bombing him, and you know everything that they did. Even if we, I mean, granted, I don't know that I want to watch because WCW at that time was horrific to watch. But I wouldn't mind watching just the NWO spots to see how they, you know, the match up leading up to it and the match out of it just to see how it, it how it fits now 20-some years later. Honestly, I, I disagree that, that WCW sucked to watch at that time. Um, oh, no, wait, you're, no, wait, 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 you're right. It did. I, I apologize. Yeah, you're right. It was brutal. Um, let, me see when, uh, let me see when it started. Let's see. 
May 27th is when Scott Hall first appeared. Okay. I want to say yeah. it was May 27th. May 26th or 27th. I can't remember which. Yeah, and then actually, and actually today I listened to uh, them talking about uh, Hog Wild, which, is, which I think was the next pay-per-view after Bash of the Beach, and it sounded like that was an interesting one to watch as well. Um, well, that was that was the one where Savage um, went up against uh, Hogan and then Piper appeared. No. Wasn't it? No, this was um, when Hogan won the title from the Giant. Oh yeah, you're right. And then, and then they they repeated the belt for the first time. Okay, yeah, you're right. It was the it was Halloween Havoc when Savage won against uh, Hogan. Right. In the cage match where Roddy Piper makes his first appearance. Yeah, so maybe I'll, maybe I'll watch that stuff on Sunday night instead of watching WrestleMania. I don't know. Or maybe I'll, or maybe I'll watch it next week because I don't think we're gonna have, we don't have any big shows until I suppose. Uh, after this weekend, we don't have any big shows until what May, April twenty was it April twenty first, April twentieth. What day? What day is that uh, NWA show? I want to say it's like April twenty fourth. The Crockett Cup. Yeah, we're looking it up right now. But you're right. After this weekend, there's really not much to talk about. Just getting caught up on weekly shows and. Outside of MLW and NXT, well, and Defiant, because I, mean, I can't, I don't watch the Defiant pay per views. I'm not going to pay for them. So, I and I still watch Defiant. Rory Coyle had his little uh, moment in the sun this week, and Chris Brooks. Remember when uh, when you were watching him and he tag teamed with uh, Gresham, and he just was this ridiculous baby face. Well, he's yeah. not. He's not anymore. Oh, he's got no. ne- he's he's got an edge to him, and I kind of like it. Oh well, I just I just can't care about that organization anymore after after the shit they pulled on their pre- on their pay per view. Um, yeah, that was pretty bad. April twenty seventh, so three weeks from this coming Saturday is the Crockett Cup. Okay, so we got three weeks of really nothing except getting caught up on on whatever. You know, I was also thinking that I, I that you know homecoming. Was on January sixth, so that should be out here in the next month. Right. So I was thinking that I was thinking if things hold true, then it should be available this coming Saturday. So that would be exactly ninety days then. Yeah, maybe. So, so I guess you know, I guess we we need to talk about it and decide if we want to cover that or not. I considering I started the pay per view, I jumped forward and started the uh, the episode right before it. Yeah. I don't know that there's many matches I want to see on it. Yeah, see, I did, see, I did the same thing. I started like, and I'm like, and I'm like, well, do I really want to watch any more um, impact until I actually watch the pay per view? Yeah, I thought about that too. But I mean, outside, there's really only one match that I care to see on that. Well, two. I I kind of want to see Eddie Edwards versus Moose, and I also want to see uh, Lucha Brothers versus um, uh, LAX. Oh, see, because I also wanted to see Johnny Impact versus. Cage, and I wanted to see uh, Taya Valkyrie versus. Um, yeah, Andy you're Rampage. right. God damn it! There are a lot of matches on that I want to see. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Dick. It's like Im- Impact is becoming my redheaded stepchild. It's like I love it to death, and I want to watch it, but in all reality, I just want to smack it too because I have too much other stuff going on. 
Well, it doesn't help. That, it also doesn't help that it's a two-hour show when it's the other, all the other stuff that we follow is a one-hour. That is true. That is very true. I don't, you know, and one thing that Bischoff said about um, that really kind of hits home right now because I've been com- both you and I have been complaining about the length of pay-per-views and the length of of uh, TV shows, yeah. and he was talking about how. Um, when Nitro moved from a one-hour show to a two-hour show, how concerned he was because it's so hard to keep a, an audience's attention for more than an hour. Right, and he, and, and he actually had a, what I thought was a pretty cool idea, which is rotating announced teams out because of that. Right. And, he, and, you know, and then you look at Raw, and Raw is three hours. Right. And you got SmackDown that's two hours. So we're looking at five hours of WWF programming or WWE programming right off the bat. And then throw in what WrestleMania is going to be a seven hour show. And they're expecting people to stay tuned to all of that. It's like it's just impossible. Well, you know, the thing that I, the thing that is that, and, and actually that kind of made me think about the fact that I, the WWE shows I enjoy the most, I think, are the ones where. They have the um, the joint cards, you know, the the brand consolidated cards, but they also have the announced team switch out for the respective matches. You know, I mean, I mean, now they have Corey Grace. I think does commentary for both shows, so it's not quite as pronounced or as good as it used to be. But I mean, it, it used it was nice when it was like Jerry Lawler and the King for for Raw and. Uh, like Michael Cole and Coach for or Cass for uh, SmackDown, for instance. Yeah, you know, back back when they used to do that. And, and to be honest, I wouldn't mind a two-hour pay-per-view. It's once it starts getting to three and four and five and seven hours, where I start to lose interest quickly. Like well, it, even it, it doesn't even make sense to have a two-hour pay-per-view when you when you're when you have your weekly show Raw is three hours. Right, exactly, and that's what I'm saying is they they keep uh, the one thing I've noticed about this uh, 83 weeks, and it kind of struck me a little bit wrong, I guess, when I first started listening to it because I was like, "Wow, Jesus, look at the ego on Eric Bischoff." But then when you think about it and you look at what he's done, yeah, that dude was a true visionary. If you can believe what he is saying he really kind of hid from everybody and did his own thing. Didn't break kayfabe. Didn't do anything to kind of screw up whatever the apple cart was. He just, Jesus, I'm obsessed with apples tonight. You are. But he just, he looked like a true visionary when you look at him and he needs to be given a whole lot more credit for the way that wrestling has gone now than anybody's ever given him before. I've always been a big fan of Eric Bischoff. I'm, I'm, it's, I think that's why I'm enjoying listening to the show so much too. You know, I mean, and yeah, he was a visionary, and you know, I, I think he. I mean, I think he made a couple of mistakes. You know, you know, the biggest one was letting Austin go. You know, actually firing Austin. But uh, and I'm surprised they haven't done a show about that yet. Because you know, like look, looking at all the forty some weeks they've done of the show. They did not do a show about Steve Austin yet. I wonder if they're doing that for their one-year anniversary or something. Well, I don't know. They, I mean, they kind of talked. Well, Steve Austin was really not a part of the NW or WCW during the 83 weeks. No, but they talked about other things before that, too. It's called 83 weeks simply because it's, that was not a time that they were on top. But they've talked about other things 
before that. Like they talked about the very first show that that Bischoff produced as a, as a producer before he was even the president of the company. Oh, okay. I don't know. I mean, did you listen? Did you listen to the Jericho show yet? No, I'm still I'm still on the NWO one. After you said that, I went back. I got halfway through the Bret Hart, and then I was like, you know what? Maybe I should start this from the beginning. Um, the reason I asked because the Jericho one is three hours and forty minutes. Jesus Christ! Yeah, <laughs> they got a lot to say about Jericho, don't they? They, they did, yeah. So um, I don't know. The, I, the Brian, I've been the Brian Pillman one's really good too. I know. I saw. So yeah, I I don't know. I'm really enjoying it, and it's if if Bischoff can be taken at his word, um, he is a lot smarter man than I've ever given him credit for, because he single-handedly changed the wrestling industry. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I'm not. You know, you're gonna you're gonna get to this sooner sooner. Uh, you know, soon if you keep up if you keep listening to it at the same rate that you watch like the MLW videos and stuff. But um, I just want to let you know. I just want to say two words to you. Blue Chew. Blue Chew. Yep. All right. I'll, when I get to it, I'll let you know. Okay. Um. Yeah. So I mean, I think that's I think that would be a cool idea if we started if we started doing that. So we, so is, do you want to do that? Plan it up for a couple of weeks then. Yeah. Yeah, week, I, I'm in. Next week, I'm, next week, I'm sure we'll be talking about the shows this coming weekend. But. Well, yeah. I, I mean, I'm definitely in. I I wouldn't mind watching it, Absolutely. and the same and the same thing with the attitude or with the um, WWE at that time too because I I was on a mission at one point to watch you know everything from W or when Stone Cold was Stone Cold, you know, and I watched maybe like a year and a half of that. I'm up yeah you know, on that. I'm up to the end of '97 uh, already. Oh wow. Yeah, so I mean, but I'll go back and rewatch it. There was some good shit that happened during that time. All right, so should we talk? Should we talk about Takeover now? Sure. All right. So you said you you said you you were not really interested in a lot of it, huh? I've never been a big War Raiders fan, and that goes back to their days in in um, Ring of Honor. I just I've never been a big fan of theirs. I didn't know that. They, they I mean, I like Roe. Is Roe the big Roe's the big guy, right? Uh, or, no, or Rose, Hans- Rose the shorter guy. Okay, yeah, Hanson is the guy that I have not liked a whole lot. Yeah. Rose the guy with the beard. Okay, well, they both have beards, don't they? <laughs> yeah, that was my point. Dick. <laughs> Which is the heavier of the two? Okay, Hanson's the guy Hansen's, that annoys me. Hanson's the one that flies all over the place. Yeah, he's the guy that annoys me. He does Michael Why? Elgin type cartwheel he jumps around like a maniac i just i've never really been that into him so i i've never been a big fan of the war raiders and i like ricochet i'm starting to like alistair black a lot more but i'm still not i it's just there's three-fourths of this or two four you know half of this equation that i'm not a real fan of well, you know, it's really going to be. Um, this is really, I think, going to be the farewell match for Ricochet and and Black. Yeah, I because the, because the next night they're probably going to win the uh, Raw Tag Team Titles on the pre-show, or two nights later. I mean, they haven't even announced that that for the card yet. I don't. Think. Yeah, but I have a feeling that's going to be announced tonight on Raw. Oh, okay. 
It just seems like that's the way they're leading. Revival is still pissed about being employed by WWE, so they're, you know, bitching every chance they get. And Ricochet and Aleister Black have beat them now twice over the last month and a half. So great. Yeah, I just hey Revival, here's some tag team titles, and then we're gonna have you then we're gonna have you drop out to a, a team that just got together. How about how's that sound? Exactly. Fucking WWE. Right. I agree. Um, and then we also got, of course, for that for this show, we also have Matt Riddle challenging Velveteen Dream for the North American Championship. And and you know, I'm not a Matt Riddle fan, but Velveteen Dream is really kind of in that class to me. And I know I know he's young, and I know it's probably premature to say this, but a guy that can wrestle anybody to a great match. So, I mean, I think Velveteen Dream really, especially on these takeover shows, shines. Yeah, I do. I agree. Um, I think he's got, uh, what did Ronaldo say, that he's got uh, ridiculous charisma mixed with a wrestling prodigy? Yeah. I, and that's true. He's He's an amazing talent. And I enjoy Matt Riddle when he's in the ring being a wrestler. When he's doing this whole bro crap, I can't stand the guy. Absolutely can't stand him. I, I get I, I get annoyed when his music hits. <laughs> but then then once he's in the ring and actually performing, I I get caught up in how good he is. He's actually really good in the ring. What it bugs it bugs me that he that he wrestles barefoot. Yeah, but that and, fatal five and, 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 and in briefs. I mean, it looks like he's wearing underwear, and that's it. I will agree. Um, but the fatal five-way match when Adam Cole stomped on his foot was one of my favorite moments. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah, just stomped on his foot. It was brilliant. Good. And the fatal five-way coming into this, um, you know, I, I know we're kind of all over the place here, but the fatal five-way coming into this match was phenomenal. I it was actually might be one of my favorite matches of the year. That that's number one. Huh? That's your first phenomenal of the night. I just wanted to point that out. Oh fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> I just I thought the match was I thought the match was really good and it could be my probably my favorite T V match of the year so far and might be in my uh you know We'll see. I, I don't know if it has made my top five total, but it's definitely my uh, favorite TV match of the year. Even ahead of Gargano uh, Dream. I, if you say so. I mean, wait, wait, Gar, wait, Gargano Dream, I didn't like that much. I didn't like the ending, but I thought the match was good. I thought it was fine, but I mean, I to to me, a fine match these days is just not Really... Yeah, it doesn't really cut it. Yeah. I mean, the the thing that I hated about this whole setup, and one thing that I have not heard yet and it annoys me, Johnny Gargano is in NXT history. That's true. No one has said a word about it. Not one mention. Wait, Adam Cole's also on the verge of it, too. No, he's not. Yes, he, he is. He was never a tag team champion. He defended the titles with... Uh, Kyle O'Reilly at when at when Bobby Fish got hurt, but right. he was not he was never considered the champion. 
I think he that was. was just that was just a freebird rule type thing. Well, no, because because remember the remember the titles and the um, and the Dusty Classic tit- were were up for grabs in that match, and and Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly won won that match, and then they gave and then he gave the title basically to to Roderick Strong. So I think you technically would have to consider him to be tag team champion. Yeah, at least, at least briefly, even though he didn't actually win the championship. And see, I guess to me, I can't. I can't um to me Johnny Gargano would be the first ever Grand Slam champion. If Adam Cole wins to me he's just a dual he's just won the two. He hasn't he won yeah, granted he defended it in the Dusty Rhodes Classic. Because Bobby Fish was hurt, they had the uh Freebird rule going on and Roderick Strong. Um the only reason they won is because Roderick Strong turned on Pete Dunn. Well that's true, but so in but my mind, Roger Strong was not one of the winners of the match. Is my point. No, no, I agree. But you know, I mean, the record books might say differently, but in my eyes, he would not be considered a Grand Slam champion, yeah, or I'm not actually, Grand Slam triple triple crown champion. I'm actually looking it up right now to see if he's if he's if he's considered to be an NXT. Yeah, he was considered to be an NXT champion. Ah, champion. that's dumb. Well, regardless, I mean, regardless. With, with, with Roderick Strong, Bobby Fish, and Kyle O'Reilly, so it's kind of like a Freebird rule type thing. <laughs> with four guys, yeah. With four guys, sense. yeah. That makes sense. Um, so, I mean, regardless, you've got two guys. If, if that's the case and that's the way that they're going to play it, you've got two guys going for the Grand Sl- or for the Triple Crown Championship. And they're, why are they not playing up that angle? That's a good question. I have no idea. I, I don't know if you've watched NXT lately, but um, Johnny Gargano after his amazing um, psychology tweener turn on on Ciampa and his tweener whatever he's been for the last five or six months, he was back to being babyface Johnny Wrestling. In yeah, his that's pro- just, yeah, that's just weird to me. I, I couldn't get behind it. I could not get behind him being back to that crowd pandering um, Babyface that he's been for the last, or that he was for like the year and a half leading up to his recent run. I thought his recent run was probably the best Johnny's ever been, as a character, anyway. Yeah, I think so too. So I'm uh, a little disappointed if they're going back to him as a uh, as a as a babyface. I'm very I'm interested to see how this match turns out because it sure seems like they were in the process of moving Ciampa and Gargano up to the main roster. And I mean, obviously if it, you know, that original plan was supposed to face each other. So one of them would have left with that championship, but it's just interesting. It'd be interesting to see if Gargano wins it and, and stays in NXT for a while, or if this is basically his graduation, you know, as well as ricochets and blacks. Uh, per, uh, honestly, I can't, I don't want that to happen. Well, no, I, I mean, we never. I, I never want guys that I that I like to go to move from NXT to, to WWE. Yeah, because they'll just get lost, especially now without Johnny having his uh, tag team partner. Right. But I mean, I, I think there's nobody more deserving of the belt right now than Johnny. I think he's he's proven over the last you know year, two years, that he's probably the most deserving guy on the roster for it. Definitely more so than Adam Cole. 
Well, I, I wouldn't say definitely more so than Adam Cole. I mean, I would, I would say they're probably number one and number two with Chop out. Yeah. I mean, I think this really is the two best guys, you know, the two top guys on the roster fighting for the championship. And, you know, I mean, Velveteen Dream definitely deserves to be in that conversation. Well, and that's well. what I was going to say is, you know, Velveteen Dream, be for me, Cole and Dream are kind of a, are, you know, a two and three flip. You could reverse them either order. It doesn't matter. Johnny is easily the top on the card. And even when when Champa was there, Johnny was the number one guy. In my in my mind, the only way that I would want Johnny Gargano to move to the main roster, and and granted, this is someone that doesn't really watch WWE anymore, but the only way that I that I would um, that I would endorse it is if Daniel Bryan leaves WrestleMania as the champion, and, and then two nights later on SmackDown, Gargano just comes out and beats the living shit out of him. And I, I mean, I really don't think it's going to happen, but I'm just saying that's the only way I would want Gargano moving up. Yeah, and I, I was thinking that too. The only way I would want him moving up is if we could see him in classics with people like AJ and Daniel Bryan and even Randy Orton for that matter because he's still considered one of the top guys. Yeah. You know, it, I, I don't want to see him come out and get into a um, program with Shane McMahon or yeah. any of you just mentioned Randy. You just mentioned Randy Orton and AJ Styles, and I and I and I'm going to say, you know, I mentioned to you earlier three matches that I want that I want to be non-spoiled for, but but I'll say this too: I want to see AJ Styles versus Randy Orton if if I know going in that AJ wins it, because so I do not want to see Randy Orton pin, pin him again. I haven't seen him pin him yet, so I'm okay with that. You've seen Orton pin Styles plenty of times. Uh-uh. Yes, you have. Then. At Elimination Chamber, um, at the match before Elimination Chamber, they showed they showed on the uh, they showed on the. Uh, oh yeah, you're match, right because that at, was at, there at, at their at the match before WrestleMania where Orton won the ma- won the right to face Bray Wyatt, even though Styles had already won the right to face Bray Wyatt. You know. You know what? I don't agree with that because that was bullshit and completely erased from my memory. Yeah, it was a shitty match. So, but it still happened. No, it did not. Okay. I disagree. It did not happen. Well, regardless, I'm really looking forward to, to Adam Cole versus uh, Johnny Gargano. Yeah, and that and that's probably the match I'm looking forward to most this weekend. With all the other stuff, I I kind of want to entire see... weekend. Yeah, to be honest okay. with you, yeah. All right. I kind of want to see. Um, AJ versus Randy Orton, just because just cause it's AJ. Um, I want to see Daniel Bryan Kofi because of what the, all that means with the, you know, the possibility of the first black champion and the fact that Kofi has really become a fan favorite over the last uh, three, four months. You know, I, just, I really want to see that match. Mm-hmm. And I want to see Seth versus Lesnar. And then... I want to see. I just want to see Walter done, just to see if Walter can actually look like this dominating beast that he is when he's up against 180 pounders. And then G1 Supercard. To be honest, there's not much I really want to see on that. Oh, you're pissing me off now. I I want to see Okada White. I want to see um, Cobb and and Osprey. But outside of that, I mean, there's just too much convoluted crap going on. 
<laughs> have you seen the card? I have. But what's uh? You know, Ooh, okay, since, never since, mind. Since, I guess since, I didn't realize this. Okay, there's two, three, four. Son of a bitch. So do you think Walter? Five, versus, <laughs> do you think six, Walter versus Pete Dunn is is going to be the the end of Pete Dunn's championship reign? Because I kind of. I hope not, but I have a feeling it will. Yeah. I really hope not. I want to see Dunn definitively beat Walter. The only thing that the only thing I match I think on here is is a guaranteed win for the champions is War Raiders versus Alistair Black and Ricochet. Yeah, only because they're moving on and probably winning the Raw championships the next night or two nights later. But outside of that, I honestly could see Matt Riddle winning. I could see uh, Shirai winning. I could see Walter winning. You could see Belair winning too, actually. No. <laughs> no. If Belair wins, I will never watch another NXT show again. Yeah, right. I won't. That's a stupid reason not to watch a show because of women, just because of who won a women's match. It's Bianca Belair. I don't care that in her mind she's undefeated. I don't care. And in Shayna Baszler's mind, she's overrated. Well, she is. All right, so let's take a break and then we'll talk about talk about the card that you think is a piece of shit. Okay, shut up. I just went through it again, and there's <laughs> at least six matches I want to see. <laughs> At least six, maybe seven. There you go. All right. We'll be back in a few minutes, guys. A few seconds, guys. Okay, and welcome back to Kingdom of Honor, and thanks for sticking with us and and listening tonight. Uh, And we're uh, on to, I guess, the main event of our show as we talk about um, the best card of the weekend. Um, G1 Supercard, and uh, Jeff just changed his mind in the span of like 10 seconds about whether he wanted to see the show or not. So it's yeah, pretty... there's there's been a few changes to the card that I, I, I think I might enjoy. <laughs> you know, I was thinking, I was thinking, um, I think it was this morning or maybe it was yesterday that uh, I, I don't know where, if I'm going to watch this on Honor Club uh-huh. or on NJBW World, because I, I don't know who's who the announced teams are going to be. You know, I mean, I, mean, I, I think the ultimate announced team for this would be um, Kevin Kelly, Ian Riccoboni, and... Uh, Colt. And Colt, yeah. I, I agree. Um, I, that that would be I, the... Because I think um, Don Callis is going to be busy, you know. I mean, I could see him being the NJP world, but I don't want to see Kevin Kelly with, uh, what's his name? Desperado, or what? what's the guy's name? Excalibur? Yeah, him. Why? He's good. It, he's Don Callis light. You realize Excalibur is going to be like the lead color guy for uh, AEW, right? Yeah, I know. Okay. Yeah, I heard that. I actually heard Tony Schiavone might be there, too. Well, that's weird, because they've already got the guy from uh, Championship Hollywood and Excalibur. 
and they're and they're also talking about signing um, Jim Ross. Jim Ross, which is which I really don't I really don't don't want to see Ross as an announcer unless he's only in there no. for like. I mean, if he's only in there for like a match here or there, I'm fine with it. But I really don't want him to be the you know one of the one of the lead guys. After seeing his run on NJPW, I don't want him around a mic anymore. Right. I mean, I mean the, the best the best time. His, his best showing on the mic was when it was him and Kevin Kelly together. Like the second half of that card after they, after they finally got used to working with each other. Right. I thought Kevin Kelly did a great job of emphasizing Ross's strengths rather than, rather than Ross, you know, being able to show his complete weaknesses and, and lack of knowledge about the show. Still, the, I think, I think my favorite Cullen commentary team has to be Stryker and Shivani. Stryker and Shivani? When they were together during MLW, I thought that was some of the best commentating I've ever heard. Because they were going back and forth uh, for like half a match. Stryker would do the play-by-play, and the other half, Shivani would, and then the other guys would be giving commentary. There was no set spot where one guy was doing the play-by-play and the other guy was doing commentary. They just kind of alternated throughout the entire matches. And I thought it, I thought it, was, it was really interesting to hear and I thought it was probably the best experience I had listening to color comedy or listening to commentary. Shivani is, is, is uh, surprisingly good at being the color guy. Yeah, he is. Um, and I think a lot of it is just because he's, he's, he's almost experiencing the shows with a fr- with, with fresh eyes, you know, I mean, he, he basically was out of wrestling commentating for like, you know, 18, 16, 15, 16 years. Right. So for them to, for him to come back and just kind of, kind of watch the new stuff. And then he's also got like insight that he never had when he was commentating for WCW. So, um, and as far as, as far as Stryker, thank you for mentioning him because he reminded me that something he said on, on one of the NMLW shows keeps sticking with me as just a, a great um, descriptor of a of a well a great line really. I mean he's and he said um, when you're I think it was about the key um, Lawler match. He said, "When that world, when when that title's on the line, you got to fight like you're the third monkey getting on Noah's Ark." And brother, it is starting to rain. He does have a few good one-liners. Yeah, I love that. I love that. It's still, my favorite all-time striker call was uh, Shibata Ishii Wrestle Kingdom Ten. Why is this match happening? Who cares? Let them fight. <laughs> yeah, who cares? That's why. <laughs> That's still my favorite. Favorite Matt Stryker line of all time. Yeah. I, did he say who cares or did he say shut up? No, I think he said who cares. Okay. That's why. That's <laughs> <laughs> still my favorite, absolutely favorite Matt Stryker. Any commentary. That's yeah. got to be my favorite line. I mean, Bobby Heenan had some great one-liners, but mm-hmm. that one was far and above probably the best. All right. So let's, let's talk about this card here. Um, so I'm gonna I'm just gonna go from the from the bottom up from what they're showing on um, ROH ROHwrestling.com. I mean I have no idea if this is the actual match order or not. This is what they have listed here. So the first one they have listed is um, a rematch between Mayu Witani and Kelly Klein for the women's championship, with the, the the women of honor championship, which is supposed to be. Their final title match against each other, and also the the, the finale of their feud against each other. They had a feud. Well, their series of matches, at least. I mean, their feud was um, 
Kelly Klein showing up on TV one weekend saying, you think you're the best? I'll show you who's the best. And then she lost the match two nights later, and then they had another horrible match. And now this? I didn't didn't think the match was horrible. Uh, I guess I didn't watch the second one. I watched the first one. I was so disappointed that when the second one came on, I was like, I'm not watching this crap again. I forgot about that. Yeah, now I remember you saying that when we reviewed the show. I I couldn't watch it. I couldn't watch it because I knew they weren't going to give the belt back to Kelly Klein, and she's probably the most deserving woman on the roster. Yeah, I, I think I, I, I am completely puzzled by the shit they've been doing. So, I mean, I really hope they put the title back on her. But Maybe if I find out they did, I'll go back and watch it. But right now, I'm not planning on watching that match. Why? I, just because I don't want to see... I don't want to see a match where I know the outcome is going to be crap. But seriously, are you are you gonna are you just gonna like stop watching the pay per view for like ten minutes? Yeah, I, there's a bathroom break in there. Tired. You don't know what type of bathroom I have to do. I I don't care. It could take ten minutes. Um, the, the the second match they have listed here is I mean I mean I, I, I kind of agree with you but at the same time I do think they're going to have a good match against each other I just I just really want the title back on Kelly Klein um, I'm not as hardlining about that as as I am about the other uh, Ring of Honor World Title though um, the next match up is for both the we're kind of uh, flipped on that one aren't we <laughs> I think so. I'm hell-bent against Kelly Klein not being champion, and you're hell-bent against Jay Lethal being champion. So, Oh, you knew who I was talking about. Look at that. Well, it doesn't make – yeah, I think <laughs> I might have guessed it. <laughs> I, I may have uh, mentioned that a few times on the show. Um, now, the second match listed is uh, a fatal four-way ROH Tag Team Championship match and also IWGP Heavyweight Tag Team Championship match. The Briscoes versus um, – the champions of uh, Brody King and um, how was his name? PCO. PCO. That's it. Um, versus Evil and Sonata versus God, who are the IWGP Tag Team Champions. And now that they've actually announced it as a winner takes all, I have no interest. It's going to be God. It's it's the only outcome that makes any sense, and I have no interest in it. Um. Yeah, well, I'm 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 not gonna say I have no interest in it. I think I'm still gonna watch it, but yeah, I mean, I I really wish that they had divided this into two ta- into two ta- two matches rather than just one involving all four teams. I I really don't like the way they did this, and we talked about that ad nauseum. So, did you watch Did you watch last night's show? By the way. So, what was last night's show? Uh, I think it was like Road to G1 Supercard on, on Ring of Honor. I, I, always, oh. I, I already said I wasn't going to watch it. I didn't know no, I, I haven't. I just haven't had time. I was getting caught up on um, NXT, trying to get caught up for this week. Oh, so okay. we could preview this. So I haven't I haven't sh- watched it yet. I'm sure I probably will. will. Okay. Um, next up is what I think is going to be um, a match of the year candidate, probably. Kota Ibushi challenging Tetsuya Naito for the IWGP Intercontinental Championship. Okay, my bathroom break is finally over. Third match in. <laughs> Third match in, my bathroom break is over, and I'm I'm invested in the show now. 
But this, but this is this is certainly a contender, for, another contender for the match of the weekend. It could be, um, depending on how Coda is. I had mixed feelings on him during the G1. Like his first match against Naito was a classic, but then his second match was a stinker. So it, I guess it's going to depend on which Coda we get. Naito is going to be gold, and but. I don't know if this is going to diminish it just because we just saw them against each other. What was their what was his second match? I can't remember. But it, oh. I remember it wasn't I think it was ZSJ. Oh, that's right it was ZSJ. You said, just, you, said, you said that was a great match. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. did I'll have to listen to the tape. I don't believe I did. <laughs> you did cuz I cuz I said that the, that that the match of the year was uh, Sonata versus Suzuki, and you said that, and you said you you thought that the that uh, no, that was when I was thinking Okada versus Ishii. No, you said Ibushi mm-hmm. versus no, you said Ibushi versus Zack Sabre Jr. was in your top five of matches of the year. God, I'm gonna have to go back and rewatch. If I did say that, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna put a stay on this right now. I just remember him having a horrible match after his Naito match. Okay. Was it ZSJ? I guess I don't remember. Well, he faced ZSJ in the quarterfinals, so there probably was a match in between there. It's possible. I just remember there was one match that he had that was terrible, like almost unwatchable. Okay. So next up is uh, anyway. I'm really looking forward to that match. I think it has a good chance to be the match of the weekend. I do too. Uh, but like I said, just we just saw them put on a great match. Are, is it? Are they going to do the same story, or are they going to try something different? How are they going to come across this? You know, is it going to be another Ibushi win, or is Naito going to sneak it out because he's the champ? It, it, there's a lot riding on if this is going to be considered a match of the year. Well, Ibushi actually won the last two times they faced, they faced each other, I think, because I think he also beat him in the G1. Yeah, you're right. He did. Um, so it might just be one of those situations where Ibushi has Naito's number. Possibly. I guess we'll see. I, it's going to be a good match regardless. I just don't know where it's going to be on my listing. Next up is Zack Sabre Jr. defending the British Heavyweight Championship against Hiroshi Tanahashi. Surprisingly, I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, me too. Just because I want to see Tanahashi twisted in so many different angles and positions and just beaten the hell out of. Well, see, that's why I'm looking forward to Zach Sabre Jr. versus Shane Strickland a couple uh, a couple nights before this. So I would like because I would like to see Shane Strickland have all his all of his limbs broken before he goes to NXT. Not gonna lie, that would make me happy. Yeah. Because me, because I mean, you said that uh, if uh, Bianca Belair wins the world championship, the women's championship, that you'll stop watching NXT. And I see no reason to watch any episode of NXT that has Shay Strickland on it as, at all. So, well, and Punishment Martinez still hasn't been seen since January. So, good, he's a fucking traitor and deserves it. Great career move that guy made. Again, we don't know how much he's making, so he he could be collecting a lot of money just to sit on his ass. That's a good point. And then we have, yeah, this is kind of a weird match order because it's, it's definitely not in the order the card's going to be because the next one up is the main event, which is 
Jay White defending IWGP Heavyweight Championship against Kazushiko Okada. Considering their match at Wrestle Kingdom is still my match of the year, I, I don't know where they can go. It's almost too soon to see these two together again. I thought you said that would have been replaced by um, Johnny Gargano versus um, Ricochet. No, that was number two. Oh, all right. And then rounding out the top, you know, the the next one is uh, Dunn versus um, Joe Coffey. Okay. I can't remember what four and five were at the moment, but those are my I top didn't... three so far. Yeah, number five. Number five was DSJ against Ibushi. <laughs> I don't recall this. <laughs> well, I do. It's possible. I could be getting... We've watched so much wrestling over the last three months that I could just be getting things crossed. Yep. All right. So, yeah. So, I mean, this is going to be a really good match. I just... What I'm... Not that he doesn't deserve it. What I'm fearful of, though, is that Okada leaves... With, leaves Madison with Square Garden as the, as the championship. With the championship again. That's what I'm afraid of, too. I think... If they come close to doing what they did in 14 minutes at Wrestle Kingdom, it's going to be a great match. But Jay White has to win this match. He has to. Yeah, you don't you don't want to cut it, cut him off at the knees when he's, you know, the hottest heel going in the company. You don't really want to have him lose the title after in his first defense. Well, and considering he's got such a streak of countering um, other people's finishers into the Blade Runner. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like everybody he wrestles, he counters their finish into the blade. I would be okay with a no contest in this more than I would an Okada win. You can't, you cannot finish a show at Madison Square Garden on pay-per-view when it's the first time anybody but WWE has run there in almost 60 years with a no contest. I agree. But that's what I'm saying is I would be okay with a no contest over an Okada win. Okay. If it comes down to Okada winning or no contest to close Madison Square Garden, I'm going with a no contest. I would rather see that than an Okada win. Yeah, I, I'm. And I almost... and and I love Okada. Okada is one of my top three or four wrestlers of the last five years. Right. I, I'm not taking anything away from him. I just think storyline perspective, the way that the company is going, and Jay White and his potential. It would be the wrong move to put the belt back on Okada. I agree, but it might be the right move in the main event of Madison Square Garden. Maybe. Maybe not. I mean, it's not like it's... I mean, right now you're getting more of a gaijin... Well, you're getting a gaijin in uh, Jay White winning. But not an American gaijin. No, but he's he's still English. No, he's Australian. I or New Zealand. New Zealand, actually. I thought he was English. No, he's a Kiwi. Well, regardless, we like them, too. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what, do you know what, uh, you know what Lewis Black said about New Zealand? No, what? He said, I just got back from the trip to New Zealand, and it's a 22-hour flight over there. So if you thought about going there, don't. I think, this, I think if the people of New Zealand want to be part of our world, they should jump off their island and push it closer. <laughs> Lewis Black is brilliant. <laughs> he is. All right, so, so White versus Okada is going to be a sensational match, um, and I just really want White to walk away with the championship still. 
Yes. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't. Unfortunately. Ugh. Bully on you. Stop. Don't say that again. I'm not happy about it. I will come across this microphone and kick your ass. I'll tell your mother-in-law on you. All right, you win. <laughs> Next up is uh, the IWGP Heavyweight, excuse me, IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship. IG Shimori defending against Bandito and Dragon Lee in a triple threat. And this has a chance to be a match of the year candidate too. It does. Just having Bandito and Ishimori in it alone would have done that, but then you throw in Dragon Lee. I just I'm this is one of the one of the matches before I relooked at this card. There were only like two or three matches I cared about, and this was one of them. Yeah, you know, I, we had talked about this last week, and I was kind of and I had mentioned that you know we were supposed to be getting Dragon Lee versus Ishimori. They threw Bandito in there, but the more I think about it, the more it's a great decision because I just think we're gonna we're gonna be treated to an incredible. Um, cruiserweight exhibition in this one. Yeah, exactly. They're going to be flying all over the place. It's going to be great. And Bandito, the more I see it, him, the more I like him. Yeah. And, I mean, the, the three greatest, I should say the three best triple threat matches in history are um, Seth Rollins versus Brock Lesnar versus John Cena, um, AJ Styles versus Christopher Daniels versus Samoa Joe, and Chris Benoit versus Triple H versus Shawn Michaels. This one has an ch- opportunity to be up there in, with, in that conversation. I, and I still think that um, Skrull, Dalton, and uh, Cody was up in that conversation, too. Okay, you ought to be wrong. I mean, that, that to me was actually better than Cena, Lesnar, and Rollins. No. You, you have to go back and watch Cena, Lesnar, Lesnar, Rollins again, then. Maybe I do. I, I just I remember watching it and, and thinking that a star was born in Skrull and kind of like the same feeling we had against Matt Taven not winning the title where that was the moment that Skrull should have won it. Well, that's true, but I mean, I, but I also but I also think that and don't and don't crucify me for this or get pissed pissy about it, but I, I, I do tend, but, but but I do tend I do tend to think that you overrate both Cody and and Marty Skrull matches. And that's a possibility because I, they are two of my absolute favorites. Just because I I see things in them that other people seem to not. Like the way Cody went out of both companies. You know, he went out he went out standing and basically he went on the losing end, but he, he showed the business side there and how, you know, you don't burn bridges like so many other guys have. Well that's true. That has nothing to do with match quality though. I mean I think I think you and I were on the so, same page we're on the same page with Juice versus Cody at, at Russell Keenan about it being a great match though. Well, and that's what I'm saying is I'm probably overrating him a lot because of the, his politics and the way that he presents himself and his character and everything involved in it. Lack of politics, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I, it's a possibility that I am overrating his matches and Marty's for that matter too because, I mean, to this day, and we're three, three to four years in, and hell, you can go back to his party Marty days. I've never been not entertained by a Marty Skrull match. Never. I'm always entertained. No matter whether it's a good match or not, I'm always entertained. So it, it is possible that I am overrating those two because of other other characteristics they bring to their their matches. Let me ask you something about matches, by the way. While while we're on this, to- while while you're mentioning, you know, things that might cause you to overrate them, because I was, I, how how much does the crowd reaction factor into your enjoyment of a wrestling match? Not at all. 
Yes, you know, and I feel the same lot of, way, but I'm sorry, go ahead. A lot of times, depending on the announcers and the quality of the match, I'll actually turn it down and just watch the match. I mean, if it's an announced team that I don't think is going to bring a whole lot to it, or if it's an announced team that I think is going to take from it, like, mm-hmm. I'll be honest, there's times that when I hear, um, uh, what's his name, um, Rocky Romero is mm-hmm. the color guy. As much as I love Kevin Kelly, I'll turn it down. Because I think, I think Romero's awesome. I think Romero takes too much away from the match, um, especially when it's an Okada match, because he, he talks too much about the, um, the chaos factor and, and his friendship with Okada. And it, it, I, to me, that takes away from the match that's going on. Well, that's a fair point. So, I mean, like I said, depending on the match... But, but, but wait, does it really take any more, any more away than Don Callis always talking about Kenny Omega did during their, during his match? Oh, no. I, I turned down Omega... During Omega matches, I turned down Callis. Okay. Because I didn't, I didn't... It took too much away from it. I mean, it's, it's across the board. I mean, I love Kevin Kelly and Don Callis together, but during Omega matches, I always turned it down. During Bullet Club matches, I turned it down. Okay. I, did, I so didn't for, realize that. For me, crowd reaction doesn't mean much at all. I mean, when you think about that match that we saw at Royal Rumble, AJ Styles versus Daniel Bryan, that has a possibility, if I go back and rewatch it, there's a possibility that could be in my top five too. And the crowd sat on their hands the whole time, didn't say a word. You had, because, the, you had, the, you had that as your number four. And I mean, when you, <laughs> when you think about it, when you think about it, and I said this after watching it too, it's like, it's just so much a different world that the WWE audience is used to because we were, we watched an amazing wrestling match, right? But because it wasn't a sports entertainment match, the crowd just sat on his hands. Right. So I never take the crowd's interpretation into it, especially in NXT when everything is a fight forever chant. Yeah. I mean, I feel like a lot of the crowds, especially in WWE, have kind of ruined my enjoyment of so, of so many matches. I really don't even you know care about what they think because I think there's a bunch of assholes for a lot, you know a lot of the times. Um, I was just wondering because I I've always felt the same that same that same way when people talk about well the crowd wasn't into it. I was like, well, who gives a shit? And then, still great. and then and then and then I'm listening to you know Eric Bischoff today talking about. Um, the way he the way he views wrestling matches as as a you know as, as with his production background is the action in the ring is secondary to the way the crowd is reacting to it. And because, a lot because, of people because, because because it's their job to get the crowd to react and and to have the crowd cheering and that kind of thing more than it is to have you know great wrestling matches because they're there for the for the crowds they're there to get the crowd to react and and that kind of thing versus just having great in-ring action. Well, and a lot of people throughout, um, you know, wrestling have said that. I mean, when you, I, I, I've heard Cena say it. I've heard Kevin Nash say it. I heard, I've heard Roman Reigns say it. Seth Rollins say it. Mm-hmm. It's like boo or cheer. As long as they're getting a reaction, that's what they want. And I just, I mean, when you're judging a the quality of a match from a character standpoint, you want that that reaction. From a match standpoint, I don't see that it's that. I mean, depending on the on the type of match, when it was um, 
what we got out of AJ and Daniel Bryan, I thought the crowd's reaction to it was uncalled for. I thought they were just not understanding what they were seeing. Where if you look at Austin versus Hart, for example, the crowd needed to be invested into that match for that, that um, double turn to take place. So it, it, it's all, I mean, it's conjecture. I, I don't take the crowd's reaction when I'm judging a match itself into consideration. When I'm judging a character, that's when I start to take the crowd reaction into into consideration. And, you know, to be honest, a character development, storyline leading in, things like that, that will a lot of times affect my ratings of a match itself. But as far as like the Daniel Bryan match went, as far as mainly any Kenny Omega match went, uh, and the same thing with uh, Okada, now with Rocky Romero doing announcing, it's more about the quality of the match than it is their characters. Because I, I see their characters getting over. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I kind of, I kind of agree with what you're saying there. I mean, I, I mean, I really, I honestly, I mean, like I said, I think the crowd reaction is, has ruined a lot more wrestling matches for me that it's made. Oh, I think you know? so too. Especially I mean, in the like, last, especially in the last year or so, like that, like that Seth Rollins versus Dolph Ziggler match was was probably a really good match, but the crowd, but the crowd chanting. Ten, nine, eight, seven, oh, yeah. six, five, four, three, two, one. Eh! Every thirty seconds, maybe you want to maybe you want to blow up, you know, the the arena. Well, that and the uh, um, the fatal five way that Adam Cole just won. There were a couple of spots there where the crowd really took me out of the match. The match itself was great, but they had to make it about themselves with the fight forever chance and the. You know stuff stuff like that that took me out of it. Yeah. But if I go back and watch that without the crowd volume, I'll probably have a completely different. And I thought it was it was a great match to begin with. But if I go back and watch it without the crowd, I'll probably think it's even better than it was. Yeah, and play forever really is a stupid chant. It's the worst. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it it had. I mean, the first time we ever heard it, it made sense. Um, but now okay. it's it's but every now week. It's, it is, and it's just ridiculous. The only other chant that annoys me more than the Fight Forever one is the You Deserve It one. Oh, yeah, that's ridiculous. It's anytime anybody wins a championship now, we get the You Deserve It chant. Who cares? He's had it 15 times. They don't care. He deserved it. Yeah, or maybe the guy's been in the, in the organization for six months. Right. And, you know, You Deserve It. Yeah, fuck it. I mean, like, uh, NXT did it with uh, Sasha Banks and um, Bailey. Mm-hmm. With the you deserve a chant with the tag team titles. And it's like, no, they don't deserve that. They deserve actual gold. Not some thrown together um, tag team championship when they've only got seven women on the roster. Right. They deserve championship gold. They deserve the raw champion. They deserve, that's when you chant you deserve it. Not because they won the tag team titles. Totally agreed. Sorry, it, I didn't mean to go off on a tangent. It's okay, no problem. All right, so I mean, I'm, I mean, part of, part of it was, uh, you know, part of it was, was something was something that I personally, you know, brought up. So, um, anyway, let's uh, talk about. Listen, let's see what's next on the card here. Um, Jeff Cobb versus Will Ospreay for the 
for both the TV title and the Never Openweight Championship. Now, see, unlike the Will Ospreay versus Bandito match, I'm looking forward to Will Ospreay being his um, heavyweight in this one. Where I want to see Will Ospreay of old against Bandito, I want to see the new Will Ospreay against Jeff Cobb. Yeah, I, I want to see. I want to see Osprey keep evolving his style and keep being Osprey every match that he wrestles in. I think his match against um, Jay White is when, when he really clicked as a heavyweight, and I want to see him, you know, expand off of that. The match against who? Jay White. Oh, okay. At the anniversary show. Yeah, you mispronounced Jay Lethal, but that's okay. <laughs> wow, that match sucked. <laughs> It did not. That was terrible. I challenge you to go back and watch it, and you, and you won't do it. I Because it sucked. What? You know, that reminds me. Like, when somebody smells something horrible, and they stick it in front of your face and tell you to smell it, it's like, why would I do that? <laughs> why, why would I smell that? You said it's horrible. It's the same way against with this match. I will not go back and watch it, because I already know it's bad. No, you you think it's bad, but it's not. It was bad. You were expecting you were expecting him to be one thing, and he was something else. That's why you thought it was bad. I'm saying right you because watch it now, now that you have a new now that you have a different perspective on it. Oh, uh, maybe we'll see. Yeah, that's just, that's just an indication that you know I'm right, I'm right, but you're just being stubborn about it. That's possible. Yeah. Oh yeah. Speaking of which, and not speaking of which, but I just I just saw something about a certain person. So I just wanted to say there's another problem I had with being the elite is that fucking Hornswoggle's on it, been on it too much lately. I haven't seen him on it. Oh, yeah, but I'm the one that's not watching it. Okay. Wait, what are you talking about? He has not been on it. Yes, he has. Well, only that one that one second where um, Joey Ryan, like, confused him when he was being the librarian character. And he was also on there, like, two or three weeks ago. So, I mean, he's been on there way too much lately. That's what I just got done saying. I just remember the teacher angle because that's they're pushing their MLW uh, tag team during that. They should just kill him. That's all there is to it. Yeah, leave midgets out of this. I, I yeah, no midgets. Midgets suck. They have to die. Actually, actually, my, my actually my buddy Mike at you know that we both work with, um, also you know. Um, you know he's 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 on this he's on the team with your uh, wife. I'm just gonna keep I'm just gonna keep playing that. Oh, just because it was so funny today. But, no wrestling, <laughs> the no wrestling team. Is that what you're talking about? No wrestling. Team. I I don't know what that's supposed to mean. You said they're on the same team. Uh yes. Anyway, he t- he he texted me about some um. About a guy, about a guy named um, Brad Williams, who is a little person comedian, and he said that he, that the guy told a story about he was doing a show with Bob Saget, and Bob said, "Little dude needs to meet John." Speaking of John Stamos, and um, and he said he's afraid he has to meet because he's afraid of little people. So Bob distracted Stamos. Um, Williams run, ran up and wrapped his, wrapped his arms around John's leg and started humping. And then John screamed, started kicking his leg to buck the, buck the guy off his leg, and then and then Saget was rolling on the floor laughing. 
So my response was more proof right there. Dude knows people are terrified of this kind, but does he go live in a cave like a good little anti-Bigfoot? No, he goes on YouTube in order to terrorize more people. Anti-Bigfoot. Yeah. Okay, that's funny. I've never heard of a midget described as anti-Bigfoot before, (laughs) but that's funny. Yeah. Anyway, so I just thought I would share that. So, okay, so um, anyway, I I think Osprey versus Cobb is going to be amazing, and uh, I'm really looking forward to to that one. Yeah, I am too. I think that's going to be a really good one. Um, Then we have Roosh versus Dalton Castle. Which I think is going to be good as well, because I like Roosh. Yeah. Oh, and I, I said something not too long ago on this on this show about how I thought that um, you could see where uh, um, Naito is getting his uh, his character from, and he yeah. was taking it directly from Roosh. But then on MLW, they've had a couple of other of the LIJ characters from uh, Mexico, and they all do the same thing. So it, I it. I got to retract what I said is when I thought he was, you know, copying Roosh. I think that's just the way that LIJ in Mexico is. And he's brought that to Japan. Roosh is the leader of, um, LIJ. Well, Roosh was the leader of the Los Ingles when it was still a thing. And then Naito basically brought, basically, you know, went to Mexico on an excursion and then brought it back to, um, to Japan with him. Right. He was like spreading the brand, not copying anybody. Yeah, and it just it, when I first saw it, it it made me think that he was copying it. But after seeing it, you know, again, and seeing other of the Lij characters doing it, it's I realized it's an Lij thing. It's not just a Roosh thing that that Naito took over because he was the leader of the Japan version. Do you think that uh, we're going to see Roosh beat Castle, and then Castle is going to finally going to finally completely? Um, Do his heel turn? We lose it and, and turn heel. Yeah. I um yeah I hope so. I've been waiting for him to turn back to being a heel for a long time. Yeah, because because I don't I don't see you know where I don't see where there would be a bigger opportunity for them to do it on a bigger stage. You know. No. I mean, and, and this is perfect. Right. For him for him to completely flip on the boys, blame them for this loss, and then completely flip on them. I think this is a perfect scenario for it. I agree. I mean, and then uh, let's see. Next, next up on on the list is Bully Ray's Open Challenge Street Fight. Looks like it's been um, answered by Juice Robinson. Well, has it? Yeah. Oh. According to, according to the card, I'm seeing it's Bully Ray versus Juice New York City Street Fight. Oh, I didn't I didn't know that the challenge had been had been answered, but I'm which, I'm totally da- I'm totally down with that match. Which makes sense considering that's the only lifeblood character on this entire card. It is, isn't it? Yeah. Well, Bandito, I guess. Oh, that's true. But no but Haskins, no Williams. No, and Haskins just um wrestled the match against uh four other guys in uh Defiant this last week. I thought Haskins left Defiant. Uh, he must have. He must be finishing dates. Because okay. I saw I saw another one of that group of new guys that came into ROH that was wrestling outside of the company too. So they must just be finishing off dates or storylines or or whatever. Yeah. I can't remember who the other guy was. 
or maybe but, or maybe it's or maybe the uh or maybe it's just that that United States just like because that's kind of how Roosh's deal works is he's exclusive to ring around the United States but he but he can wrestle still for CMLL. Oh, that, or in that might be. It was weird though because it, I haven't seen Jimmy Havoc and and Defiant for a long time. And then, you know, he left around the same time Haskins did, and then Haskins just showed up for this fatal four-way this week. So, and it was nice to see him in the ring, but he really was a non-factor. It was not, not the same Mark Haskins that we're used to. Oh, I see. Bully, Bully Ray, um, it was last night that... Last night at the, at the uh, Road to G1 Supercard, that Juice Robinson answered Bully Ray's challenge. Okay. And actually, Bully Ray said, obviously, Suzuki doesn't have the balls to accept my challenge. Suzuki. Yeah. Bully Ray would die. <laughs> <laughs> That's the wrong guy to call out. Yeah. I'm actually disappointed that they've now asked who, the, who, the, who his opponent is, because I really would look, was looking forward to him going out there and berating the... Uh, the New York audience, and then you know somebody finally, somebody finally coming out to shut him up. Oh, you mean like um, Eli Drake did, where he calls out a New Yorker and it ends up being James Ellsworth? Yeah, but I wanted it to be like a real guy this time. Like when you have Tommy Dreamer in the back, you send out James Ellsworth. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we already know that was a ter- that was a terrible decision. Yeah, but still. But yeah, juice against juice against fully. I'm totally down with, especially since. You know, Bully Ray's kind of been the, been the leader of this, uh, you know, this uh, faction of, you know, this faction they've had with Shane Taylor and the Briscoes and stuff. And and Juice is trying to, you know, restore Ring of Honor to be in Ring of Honor. So, I mean, it totally makes sense. Yeah, it, it does. It fits in. And, it, you know, they have to, if they can't just have Bandito as the only member of that stable on, they have to have the leader. I agree. So, and there was no other spot where... Uh, anybody else was getting in other than this open street fight. Well, let's talk about the last match on the card. We haven't talked about them. To be honest, as much as it angers me, I'm actually still looking kind of forward to it. Yeah, it's going to be a great match. I, I just, I just still have the stipulation that if Matt, if Jay Lethal leaves with that championship, I'm, I can't watch Ring of Honor anymore. I just can't. It, I hate to agree with you, but after the missed opportunity they had a final battle with Matt Taven, or no, the anniversary show with Matt Taven, I just, I, I'm having a hard time getting behind this story, especially when they all came out on TV and said, you know, both Taven and Skrull were like, yeah, I want this, I want my championship match, but I don't want it to be um, where I could lose because someone else does the work. And then they agree to a ladder match. To me, that just made no sense. Mm-hmm. It, it's a bad storyline. You're shuffling too many moving parts. Like Marty Skrull is, is not getting his one-on-one, so when he loses, and because he's leaving in a couple of weeks, you know that kind of there's the writing on the wall. Is that okay? Well, yeah, he he had his chance. Now we don't have to guarantee it anymore. You know, and Matt Taven. If Matt Taven doesn't win this time, that's going to set his character back a good six seven months. Right. So it, it they're really in a no-win situation with this. We can't have Jay Lethal win again. We just can't. Marty Skrull deserves it more than anybody else, but this is a way to write him off TV, and Matt Taven has to win it. Well, I mean, the thing with Marty Skrull, 
you know, being written off TV is that's only if he's actually leaving right now. We don't know for sure that he is. Well, no, but I mean, this is their out. This is them saying, okay, yeah, you had your title chance. Oh, no, I know it is, but I'm just, I, I prefer, I would prefer for him to stay another six months. I'd prefer to him to stay another year. Because I just, I just think it's, it's more, um, it's going to lead, it'll lend more credence and more drama for when he actually does return, you know, when he actually does join up with the elite. With the elite, yeah. I agree. I, I think that his arrival should be at one of their anniversary shows, which, you know, one of their, their big show, which, you know, like WrestleMania or um, Final Battle, you know, their big show is going to be all in. Right. In September. So even if he held off until September to make his appearance, it would be a whole lot better than coming in for um, double or nothing. Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, I, that's what I really would like. I, I mean, I would certainly not. I certainly think that Matt Taven deserves the championship. Um, but I also would be fine with, with Marty Skrull, you know, holding it for a couple of months and then maybe dropping it at best in the world to Matt Taven. Yeah, and as much as I would love that, because the and see that's why this match is pissing me off, is because this is a no win situation. If Skrull wins it here, you set Taven's character back three months. If Lethal wins it here, I'm just done. I I can't watch it anymore. If Taven wins it, then Marty Skrull gets his chance wasted. You know, the guy that's probably deserved the championship more than anybody else over the last year is Marty Skrull. So if he loses. You know that just that's a complete disappointment there. And Taven, Taven, just in his performance in that first twenty minutes in their match against on the anniversary show, that man deserves it right now because he's the hottest heel in the company. Yeah, I'm not saying he doesn't deserve it. I just I'm just saying that. But I, but I don't I don't really agree that it would set his character back if he didn't win the championship. Not if Marty's. It would if Jay Lethal left, but I don't think it would if Marty Skrull loses the championship. I guess it would depend on how they come out of that match. If Lethal injects himself back into the title picture and, and he needs his contractual rematch, that would be different than if it just immediately goes into a Skrull versus Taven program. Then you have the hottest heel against the hottest face in the company. Well, what I, also, what I think they could do is have... Um, so kind of a number one contenders match between Lethal and Taven. Taven finally beats Lethal, and then he and then he beats Skrull for the championship. Yeah, I'd be okay with that too. Would definitely be okay with that. Yeah, I mean that that's kind of what, what I what I see that could they could do. But I would, I mean, because I'm kind of in the same boat as you, where I think that Taven deserves the championship, but I also think. You know they, they should have given too. They, that's the problem. Yeah, they should have <laughs> given the title to Skrull like a, you know a, almost a year ago now. Um, and so I, I think he deserves a shot, you know, to actually hold that championship. I, it's going to be an interesting weekend. That's all I know is because it, it looks like to me, I've got, um, a couple of different match of the year candidates happening in the first in Friday and Saturday. And then depending on how Sunday goes, I may or may not watch. I mean, there's maybe three matches, maybe four. I want to watch at WrestleMania, mm-hmm. you know, maybe four. And that's stretching it. So well, I, well, I know you're looking forward to Roman Reigns versus um, Drew Galloway or Drew uh, McIntyre. I love Drew Galloway or McIntyre, whatever he's being called now. But um, I, I just can't. I can't. 
I love the fact that Roman Reigns is back, but I need to see him perform better before I'm fully behind him. Mainly because I just hated him so long. I know. I know you did. All right. Anything else we, anything else we want to talk about? Uh, not that I can think of. I mean, yeah. there's always stuff I can talk about, but... Well, I know, but I mean, anything in, anything in, in relation to this particular show? No, no. Okay. No, we're good. We're good. Yeah. We're good. And, oh, and, um, yeah, yeah, no. actually, I did think of something. Um, after watching the first couple episodes this year of Impact, mm-hmm. Eli's a fun character, but I'm confused by where his character is going right now with his whole anti-hardcore, uh, but he's challenging all the hardcore people and using weapons. It doesn't make sense to me. Maybe I need to see the backstory of that to know a little more. And that show is really, really missing something heavy at the top without Austin Aries. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're definitely rebuilding. I mean, I, I, I thought it was a mistake at the time to take the title off of him. Austin Aries obviously did as well. And I think you felt the same way. Is that, you know, um, I just don't think that... Um, I'm gonna say I just I just don't necessarily think that uh, Johnny Impact is the right guy to, to hold a world championship anymore. I think he's a, he's the right guy for a transitional champion, but not a long term. And the fact that he's had it now almost four months is is at the end of his reign. He right. needs to lose it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's that's just my feeling. But. <laughs> <laughs> All right, follow us on Facebook. Um, you guys know the drill. Uh, search Kingdom of Honor. I haven't been as up on my posting as I should be. Um, I'm trying to fix that. I will fix that as soon as I can. Uh, but, you know, hashtag, or just search Kingdom of Honor. Look for the skull wearing a crown and uh, with a silhouette of a ring behind it. Also follow us on Twitter. Uh, do hashtag Kingdom of Honor. I, I check that. That I do check daily. Um, you can also follow me personally at Regi Kohop. And you can follow Shane personally at ZanmanLOP. And um, I just really want to encourage everyone to, t- to take a look at the, shows, at the show this weekend at Madison Square Garden. Um, as Bret Hart famously said, Madison Square Garden may not be a church, but it is holy time. In almost six decades, we're seeing a professional wrestling organization take center stage there. Um, and we're seeing the two organizations that we named this show after combining to put together what looks like to be one hell of a show. So um, sign up for Honor Club, sign up for NJPW World, or just just buy the pay-per-view on Fight TV. You're not going to be disappointed. It's going to rock everything else out of the water this weekend, including NXT, including WrestleMania. So just watch it and enjoy it. I sure hope that you weren't going to say it's going to knock your socks off or rock your socks off. I think I did say that, didn't I? You were about to, weren't you? Knock your rocks off, whatever. All right, that's better. <laughs> Stay tuned to the other shows here on LOP Radio. Tomorrow we have One Nation Radio and The Global Revolution. On Wednesday we have um, Source Entertainment is Dead. On Thursday, The Perfect Head Wrestling Podcast. On Friday, Right Side of the Pond. On Saturday, All About All Elite. On Sunday, the doc will be bringing you a preview of WrestleMania, and then we'll be back with you on Monday to talk about um, G1 Supercard, to talk about NXT TakeOver, 
maybe talk about the Hall of Fame, um, and and then we'll be uh, but we'll be here. So stay tuned. So join us again next week as we as we review the shows we just got done previewing. I hate to do this, but that was another thing I wanted to talk about, and I completely forgot until you said it. The latest induction to the WWE Hall of Fame. Did you see who it was? Unfortunately, I did. Why? Did um, he win? Did he win a belt? Did he? Was he even a part of any kind of revolution? He had a good run there after his tag team broke up. I guess he did win a belt with them. But it, I just don't think that Brutus Beefcake is Hall of Fame worthy. I just don't think so. Well, personally, but when you consider the fact that I was at the induction of Coco Beware, um, you know, you know I'm, I'm not sure that he's any worse than Coco Beware was. He actually had more people in his corner than Coco did. Right. Coco had Frankie. <laughs> That's about it. <laughs> at least, at least Ed Leslie made me shave the sides of my head when I was a teenager. And like, you know, and and honestly, 14. I and honestly, as, as iconic as as Coco coming to the ring with Frankie was, I think, I think Beefcake coming to the ring, snapping those big shears in his hand, is just as iconic. Yeah, that is true. I still so, don't like it. Oh, I don't like it either. But I'm I'm just, uh, but I'm not going to bitch and moan about it because first I of mean, all, it's not even, there's not actually a building for them to put these people in, and secondly. Um, I mean, I mean, I, I'm more, I'm more, in, I'm more annoyed about the fact that Shawn Michaels is going in with DX than I am about Brutus Beefcake going in. Period. Shawn Michaels is going in with DX. Yeah. I don't like it. I know. I don't either. And then the only members of the Heart Foundation are Jim and and well, Jim, Jimmy, and Brett. Right, and DX is and DX is the uh, headliners were instead of Brett, instead of the Heart Foundation. Oh, so, I, so I mean, so I mean, um, I don't. I'm not really going to be down on Brutus Beefcake going in when. You know, they, to me, to me, the the best part of DX was not when Shawn Michaels was part of it, but when you no, know, it was the Triple H was leading was leading the stable. So I, I would prefer it was just those five going in. It was the two years that they were just mid carters and uh, and tag team champs. Right. You know, I mean, when when you had Rock and Triple H both as mid carters, that's when DX was at its best. Yeah, I mean, it's funny that you know people tend to misremember the fact that uh, The Rock and Steve Austin were huge rivals. Yeah, it was and, The and, Rock and, and Triple H. It was. They and, were and, the rivals. Right. As I say, in WWE, it tends to remote that it was Rock and Austin, but even though they faced each other at three WrestleManias, it was really Triple H and The Rock that were, you know, that were, were fighting up the card against each other and, and had like three or four separate feuds against each other. Yeah, I mean, they were they were the major... Um, feud. It wasn't the Rock Triple H or the Rock versus Austin was just because he was the corporate champ at one point right. for like a week and a half. Right. Other than that, they never feuded. Right. So. I mean, like I said, like I said, they faced other three times at WrestleMania, but um, but they really didn't have the kind of rivalry that Triple H and the Rock had. Right, and that was an iconic rivalry. It was. All right, so now I'm done. I'm done complaining now. I'm done for the week. I'm out. (laughs) We're we're both out. That's all we've got. We'll try to do better next time. And uh, this is Shane saying long days, pleasant nights, and and, uh, enjoy WrestleMania weekend. 
even if it's not about WrestleMania. And this is Jeff saying goodbye.